Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. My name's Blake, and I'm here with the best hosts in the galaxy. First, we have the ever-elusive Grant. Hello there. And the funny one, Wesley. Who? Me? What's up, dorks? And the commentator, Andrew. Howdy, dorks. So, unfortunately, we are without our good friend Dietrich tonight. Um, it's, it's very rare that he Boo. misses an episode. And I, I don't know. What are we going to do without our Jedi archive? I guess we're all going to have to put in a little bit more of this episode. Extra Googling. I can't remember the last time we didn't have Dietrich. I don't know if there was a last time. I think the only time may have been when we interviewed uh, Shouting Into the Void that time, which is a good episode. So go go listen to us interview those guys. If you're bored, have nothing else to do. They're pretty hilarious. We got to get back with those guys actually pretty soon and, and do another crossover. Great people. But... Anyways, we're going to get into our news for the evening, and we have a good bit of it. Now hear this! Now hear this! Now hear this! Now you hear this, whoever you are. So this week in Star Wars news, it seems that Disney is looking to cast a live-action Sabine Wren. This is something that fans have been waiting for. We thought that she was going to make an appearance in Ahsoka, and it seems that we were right. So who do we think is going to be playing Sabine? Jessica Parker Kennedy. That's my vote. Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan? I don't know who should play her specifically, but I feel like it will probably be uh, someone of an Asian ethnicity, just because she kind of, or her and her family kind of give off that, um, that, that general look and such. Uh, in the series. Right. Yeah, I, I would vote Tia Sakar. Or Tia Sarkar. I think her name is pronounced that way. That is the uh, actress that voices her on Rebels. And she does a very good job. She has the look. I think that she favors Sabine Wren. So maybe we can get that kind of uh, crossover. We did with Katie Sackhoff and Bo-Katan. So maybe we can get the same thing with Tia Sarkar and Sabine. But I think our boy Dietrich should do it. All right. So uh, we get Dietrich to grow his hair back out, dye it purple, get him some guns, a little bit of armor, uh, maybe fill out the chest area a little bit. I, I think he could do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why I assumed he wasn't here tonight was because he was getting ready to uh, go and audition. <laughs> that's probably true. He's probably going over his lines right now. I can see him. I can see him in the mirror, like drawing finger guns at himself. Ezra, I love you. I meant um. <laughs> Sabine did have a thing for Ezra, right? Like, I, I feel like uh, it's that's implied. An, I yeah. believe. I mean, she stayed watching over his uh, over Lothal all that time. Yeah, you, you don't just do that for some random person, some random kid you traveled the universe with. Well, they had a really good brother sister type relationship for most of the series. Um, but towards the end, it was kind of, it seemed like it was gearing towards a more romantic relationship to me, at least. To me, yeah. it was for Ezra, it was never a brother sister relationship. He always, you could always tell he had a crush on Sabino. Sabino was just kind of like, this is my little brother type. Kind of, of a stepbrother, mm-hmm. stepsister relationship. Oh my. Oh, oh no. As, as per tradition. <laughs> Slight amounts. Anyway. 
<laughs> but it's not though, because they're not really related. It's just it's just like metaphorically slight amounts of you know what we're talking about. Metaphorical incest. So um yeah. I I <laughs> I feel like that's a, another podcast topic, maybe a bonus episode type of thing to talk about. Sabine That'd be a and, good. That would be a good. Point. And Ezra's relationship. Yeah. So, S- Sabine and Ezra seem to have a thing, and that's something we're going to get into later. But I also had some folks tell me like Kevin James would be good. Will Smith would be good. We, we put this on Facebook. Um, I, I put a lot of things on Facebook just to see what the Star Wars community thinks. You think Kevin James would be good? I even had one guy say. Yeah, Kevin James, Will Smith, uh, Idris Elba. I mean, I got a lot. Of, I got a lot of. I, I got a lot of uh, sarcastic comments. I was on this gonna one. say. I, really I, was... <laughs> I feel like Adam Sandler could pull it off, though. Right, right. Well, I said Will Smith. Like, it would be a funny Star Wars spoof to see Will Smith play Sabine Wren. That would be awesome. I think if Will Smith's anyone in the Star Wars universe, it would just be funny. Yeah, Will Smith is the only actor I know who can be funny. He can be serious. He can be dramatic. He can be lighthearted. He can be everything. Like, Will Smith is so versatile. I, I love watching a Will, good Will Smith movie. Is there a bad one? Um. The answer's no. I don't think so. I don't. I, I can't name a bad Will Smith movie. After right Earth? Top of my, Wild Wild West. Yeah, After Wild Earth Wild or West. whatever that movie was called. So what you're saying is... If Disney wants to revive the Star Wars movie franchise, bring on Will Smith. It's an instant hit. Yeah. Oh, straight up. I, I think that'd be great. Aladdin. Some people don't like Hancock. What? Hancock say, is great, dude. killed it in Aladdin. I liked it. Hancock is awesome. Like a, a loose cannon superhero with a backstory he can't remember. Oh my god. Pretty gosh, sure it was the first dream. movie about a like a what a realistic what it would be like for a superhero. Yeah. It it, it really is like if if a normal dude had superpowers, it would be Hancock. Like it straight up. I don't know how we got on this rant, but uh anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also so we're talking about the casting of Sabine Wren. Um, I also got Danny DeVito. So, what do you think of Danny DeVito as Sabine Wren? So, anyway, I started blasted. I think Bobby Lee would be better. So, yeah. So, anyways, I started blasted. That'd be like perfect. But uh, I replied to that commenter that uh, he'd probably be more suitable for BB-8. BB-8. <laughs> he could be half of Jabba the Hutt. Oh gosh, like Jabba Jr. Oh, he could play like the live action uh what's the what's the baby hut's name? Uh baby <laughs> Well, I mean Ahsoka called him Stinky. Yeah, so Stinky Hut. That could be that could be Danny DeVito. I'm sorry, Danny DeVito. If you listen to this podcast, we, we really love you. You are a great actor. You are a national treasure. In other news, it has been confirmed that there will be a Bad Batch season two. So we called it. We well, <laughs> we, some of us we did. Didn't like call some of us it. were like, no, there's not going to be a season two. Yeah, I I thought there was going to be a season two. I thought so as well. Unless yeah. you guys have unless unless there's recorded evidence of me saying otherwise. I feel like Dietrich <laughs> didn't think there was going to be a season two. So take that, Dietrich. Yeah. Well, I think it's always been up in the air, just because Disney has kind of shifted towards these one-off series, especially with Marvel. They haven't quite done it with Star Wars yet. 
but Marvel has these one-off series, and they're a hit, like Loki. Um, Loki is in a Falcon one-off. Falcon Soldier, WandaVision. Uh, oh! Sorry, I, I misspoke. Loki did. That's bad reporting. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision were both very successful. There can't be a season two of WandaVision, obviously, just because the premise is so specific. But it was a great story. And they could have done that with the Bad Batch. It could have been one isolated story over 16 episodes. But they have left open a lot of things, which we'll get into later on when we talk about the Bad Batch. Um, but it it seems that Disney is keeping the Star Wars stuff a little bit more open than the Marvel stuff. Um, except for in the case of Kenobi, which we know is a, a one-off. I also think the book of Boba Fett will be a one-off as well. It, it seems that way. Boba Fett is such an iconic character. I can't see them doing so much with him that they tarnish his reputation. And that that's just a personal opinion. Because the, the more that you use him and put him in a series all of his own, the more chance you have of messing up his character. That's fair, but I, I think they'll use that to kind of set up some stuff for Mandalorian Season 3. Possibly. Possibly. That's, that's a very, very good uh, hypothesis. I, I agree. I feel like Season 3 is already set up. Yeah, We're but... about to have Luke training Baby Yoda. What, what... We're about to have Moff Gideon coming and maybe becoming a good guy. I think... Uh, did we talk about that last time? Yeah, we or talked about Moff a... Gideon. Uh, saying how his role is going to expand in season three. Yeah, that's that'd be kind of crazy. Um, I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I think it would be pretty good. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's really set up because we kind of left it. It's like, okay, we're in space. We can't really. Or uh, now we got uh, Din Djarin has a dark saber. Uh, where do we go from here? Type of thing. Like well. to me, um, for me, it was just kind of like he he got that, and then they're all just looking at each other like. Uh, what's her name? Bo-Katan didn't want to fight Din Djarin there, obviously. And so it's just kind of like, where do we go from here? And I, I think the best course of action, rather than picking up right where they left off, is probably a, a short time skip between season two and three is going to be more of my guess what they try to do. That could be true. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I think giving a little space to those events will make season three more impactful. Um, I... I think you can argue that they may have set up the uh, the crew, Bo-Katan, uh, Din Djarin, maybe go back to Mandalore and take it back. Uh, that, that may be a plot point in Season 3. I don't know. I think that would be an amazing plot point, especially if you're not going to have Grogu in the mix. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Luke and Grogu. Are they going to show up in Season 3? Possibly. Um, 100%. I, it's, it's, wide, it's wide open, yeah. but at the same time, there's so much they could do to blow our minds. It seems that Disney has done right by these shows. And I, it never ceases to amaze me the things that come out of these things. Yeah, I hope they don't bring Luke and Grogu in this next season. In fact, I hope they wait a long time because then people will start getting annoyed. Like, where, where are they? What are they doing? And then, boom, they show up out of nowhere when we least expect it. Yeah, I think Disney has so many options with those two characters now. We previously thought that Kylo Ren was Luke's first student other than Leia. And now we have him taking on Grogu, and it, it just introduces this whole new adventure that, that we don't know. It would be cool to see some shorts of Luke and Grogu going off on adventures. Uh, maybe maybe some 
some little Star Wars shorts on uh, Disney Plus or something. People are talking about a whole series, but nah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want a whole series. I, I do, but I don't. You know. I mean, that's what Man- Mandalorian is the series for Baby Yoda. I mean. Well, no, it's not called. You know, it's not called Grogu or Baby Yoda or the Child. It's called the Mandalorian. But Grogu is the number one plot, and it's also the biggest mystery, and it's also the most loved character of the series. It is the biggest moneymaker. I will give you that. They're gonna bring him back during the season. It may be the biggest moneymaker, but if what they have planned for season three is big enough to say, hey, we don't need him anymore to carry the show, then they may... What could that be, though? What could could be bigger than what's gonna happen to Grogu, and is Luke going to train Grogu? Taking back Mandalore would be an amazing plot point. I wonder if Dave Filoni expected Baby Yoda to kind of take, steal the show from Mando. I mean, I personally believe it will be more of a series, but I don't think it will be just about Grogu and Luke. I think it will be more along the lines of Jedi Academy, and I will explain why. Like the new Jedi Academy that Luke set up in the uh, expanded universe now. I think that's that could more be like a side lines. story. I think that's going yeah. to be more of a, yeah, maybe a one-off type of season thing, because if they did that with Obi-Wan Kenobi, why wouldn't they do that with, like, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, I agree. That sounds like an amazing premise for a future episode of Dork Wars, the podcast. We get into it now, we will never make it a bad bad. I promise you that. very true. So keep listening to Dork Wars, the podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to have all your news, your fun, favorite characters all on here with us. So... Keep on listening. We're going to keep on moving. We actually have some Dork Wars, the podcast news now and are now here this. Not just Star Wars news on the whole. So Dork Wars, the podcast now has merchandise. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. So Dork Wars, the podcast has launched a merchandise uh, site store. Grant has worked tirelessly on getting us some merch. So go and purchase that if you like hearing our show. If you would like to have your logo on your chest or on your uh, underwear, uh, phone case, on your hoodie. Uh, we do not have underpants yet. But yeah, you can have Dork Wars. I can't wait to put Dork Wars the podcast on my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it'll say Dork Wars the underwear. And by the way, we don't have that yet, but we do have Dork Wars the t-shirt, Dork Wars the hoodie, Dork Wars the coffee mug, Dork Wars the phone case, and Dork Wars the flamethrower. Actually, we actually don't have Dork Wars the flamethrower yet. Uh, That's probably too expensive, and we could probably get in a lot of trouble. So, um, I actually did make some funny promos of that on our our, uh, socials. So, go follow our socials, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can see all those promos and have a little bit of a laugh. Also, we're going to have our merchandise stores link in the uh, episode description this week. And we're also going to have it on our link tree. You can find our link tree on Facebook, on Twitter, probably on Instagram as well. And if you just type in Dork Wars, the podcast link tree, it will come up. It has everywhere that our podcast is, all of our social media, and now our store. So if you like Dork Wars, the podcast, why don't you go buy some merch, put us on wherever you go. So we are going to have a promo code in our episode this week. So let's uh, let's make it for a week from when this episode releases. And uh, if you're hearing this on the day it releases, then you have one week from now 
to use that promo code, and that will be our word of the week. If you do not know, Master Yoda says our word of the week at the end of our main topic every single episode. So listen for that word of the week, and that's going to be your promo code for $5 off. If you want $5 off some Dork Wars the Podcast merch, listen for the word of the week. So moving on, Dork Wars the Podcast is now part of the Red 5 Network. We are a part of a conglomeration of a lot of different podcasts. Um, pretty cool names out there. Wookie Radio. You have the uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. All very great <laughs> Star Wars and geeky podcasts. If you like Marvel, DC, any of that good stuff, listen to these podcasts. And we're actually going to play that promo right now. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. So tonight, we are talking about what we know now as Season 1, Episodes 15 and 16 of The Bad Batch. Experimental Unit Clone Force 99. They call themselves The Bad Batch. Tonight, we are talking about what we know as Season 1, Episodes 15 and 16 of The Bad Batch. And uh, these two episodes really culminate together as kind of a two-parter season finale. At least it does for me. It's not in name, but it really seems like these episodes are so closely tied that you could just stream them right together, back-to-back, and have one full story of The Bad Batch. Actually, on Disney+, Plus, it is it is labeled Finale 1 and Finale 2. Uh, is it really? Yeah. I saw it this morning. I was well, like, wow. But the begin- the first one is called Return to Camino, yep. and the second one is called Camino. But Lost. after that, in the parentheses, it says finale one of two and finale two of two. Well, I watched them both today, and I didn't pick up on that. I can't believe it's been 16 weeks already. I know. It just seems like we've got to know the Bad Batch. It, it seems like maybe it was like two weeks ago we were talking about them. Um, hanging out with Cut on episode two and Omega getting to like breathe air for the first time. And now she's shooting crossbows and killing people with the Bad Batch. She's grown up on us. Did she kill anyone? Really? No, she didn't. Well, maybe the guy yeah. that uh, got knocked out down below died when the Empire decided, I'm going to blow up the city. So maybe. He did. Okay, so we'll, we'll call that one for Omega. Let's keep a kill counter for her. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so our our kill counter for Omega is at one. So Omega, Omega kill count one. Omega. So Hunter is captured at the beginning of this episode, and the Bad Batch are left stranded. Their leader is gone. Um, obviously Crosshair's been gone for a long time. We're down to Tech, Wrecker, and Echo, or as Omega likes to refer to them, Tech, Wrecker, and Echo. Uh, and okay. also Omega. 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 They are wondering how to find Hunter. And it just so happens that his beacon is turned on, right? Um, and of course, Crosshair turns the beacon on, knowing that the Bad Batch is going to come for Hunter. Hunter and Crosshair and Wrecker and Echo and Tech and Omega all know that it's a yeah. trap. And they all know they're going to fall in the trap. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they miss the opportunity to, secret, to redo the scene. It's a trap. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That would have been great if, if Echo just turned and says, it's a trap. Uh, that'd be great. It's funny because like 
everyone involved knows it's a trap, but I feel like they could have just been direct about it. Hey, beat me here right now. Okay. I think the title for this episode could have been It's a Trap. <laughs> it it would have been a great uh, cameo for uh, our good friend Admiral Akbar. Yeah, I mean, it's missed opportunity. Dude, I think Admiral Akbar is going to make an appearance in season two. I'm, it, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Mm, he wasn't part of the rebellion yet. Mon Cal does not become part of the rebellion until Vader goes and pretty much decimates the planet trying to find a Jedi. That's in the comics. We will definitely have an episode about that as well. But uh, back to the Bad Batch. So everyone involved knows it's a trap. Everyone involved knows it's a trap, but they go to get their leader anyways. And Crosshair knows it. They know it. And they're just wondering how they're going to get in. Omega knows of a way to get in to uh, Topaka City without anybody knowing. And I think that this part of the episode where they're lowering the, the Havoc Marauder down into the water shows how much they have come to trust Omega. And we're going to see that throughout this finale, um, both parts, that the Bad Batch really do trust Omega. Um, she's telling them, look, put the ship down right here. There, there's, a, there's a landing pad that's going to emerge. I promise, I promise. And they keep going down. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And they're, they're getting kind of sketched out like, oh, we're going to hit the water. And then out of nowhere, of course, the landing pad comes out. I think that was an amazing scene. Um for Omega, like it really shows how much they trust her. And we get down into the tubes. They they find Lama Say's uh they find Lama Say's lab. And this is probably one of the more um heart wrenching scenes because Omega kind of reminisces here about how she saw the Bad Batch created. We find out in the next episode that Omega is actually older than the Bad Batch, which was kind of a stunning revelation we didn't know before. We think maybe they're the same age. Maybe they're not um, quite, but, but we're led to believe that they're kind of around the same age. But now we know that Omega kind of remembers the Bad Batch being created. Yeah. And it makes me think back. She was probably made probably around the same time that uh, Boba Fett was, was created. So I'm I'm going to try to get into that a little bit later, but I'm really thinking that Boba Fett and Omega were created at the same time. That's kind of my head cannon at this point. Um, they're they're I think they're just number one and number two. Like they were created first, and then the clones after them. But why is she a girl? Because they were doing some tests with her. That's why there's a season two. <laughs> Mm. Oh, don't get me started. We don't know yet. Once we get to the end of the episode, there's just so much to talk about. Oh, gosh, there's so much to unpack. So uh, we we find out that Omega is older than the Bad Batch. She remembers them being um, tested on. They enhanced their defectiveness in this lab. Lama Say took the Bad Batch and enhanced their defects. That's how they got their powers. And Omega witnessed all this. That's why she feels this kinship to the Bad Batch. She remembers them. She was created in that lab. They were created in that lab. And together, they're kind of a unit. She is pretty much a part of the Bad Batch now and has been since birth. 
if you think about it, it seems like she was the first Bad Batch member. But we can we can argue about that later. I wonder why she was privy. Uh, after all, yeah, I wonder this... why she was privy to all this information. I know she worked there, obviously, but the others were not because you know they had to grow up there for yeah. some amount of time, and the fact they didn't know any of that is, is kind of weird to me. But well, you got to think they were so small that they don't remember. They could have been infants. I mean, they were infants. They were fetuses that were that grew. I mean, at some point they were babies. They grew extremely fast. Yeah, they have accelerated um, growth. Uh, that's one of the things that the cloners, uh, the Kaminoans, uh, do, and that's why they specialized in it. But um, they didn't do that for Boba Fett or for uh, Omega now that we know. So uh, they were just kind of normal switch picks. The question, why was Omega made? Yeah, I think that is just so they had more original genetic material to make clones out of later. But no, I wouldn't um, say so because she's still a defect from Django. That's true, but they were trying to get her back earlier in the season just because she was the closest thing to the original that they could get their hands on. I don't think that's really why they were trying to get her, their hands back on her. Um, for me, I think it's more along the lines of her possibly force sensitive and being a force sensitive clone, and that ties back in with what happens at the end. So I'll, I'll circle back around to that later. Sounds good. It sounds like another hot take to me. But we will find out later <laughs> in the episode, so keep listening. Um, after all of this sappy stuff, um, reminiscing about times gone by and baby Bad Batch, Tech realizes that a lot of the files for the clones, uh, a lot of the database has been wiped out on Camino. There's a lot of information missing. A lot of things are gone. And they start questioning things. And... They're like, let's let's go on and save Hunter. So <laughs> they uh, end up going to the city, walking right into a trap. Um, they they try to tell Omega to stay back, and she needs to go to the ship and find Rex if they give him the signal. However, um, she does not listen to that at all. Um, I forgot to mention that before this, um, Crosshair is warned by Hunter that he is pretty much just a number to the Empire. He doesn't say it just like that but hunter tells crosshair that he's just another clone like he's expendable and crosshair really believes that he is something special to the empire he believes that he's i don't know i guess a part of the hierarchy yeah also you uh forgot to mention a special little robot friend joining us oh yeah az we find az, AZ. in the lab how can I forget that? That that's super important, man. AZ is like the character who carries the Bad Batch in the second episode. He he does. He comes in clutch, and now I feel horrible about missing AZ. So AZ's found in the lab. I'm so sorry, Grant. You should have stopped me before now to talk about AZ. Well, but yeah. uh, I was trying yeah. to remember his so name. We, yeah, AZ four five nine two one two blah 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 blah. His name is so long, like it was in the beginning of the the series it was a good callback he starts saying his name they cut him off um good scene but yeah so crosshair really thinks that he is something special to the empire when he obviously is not uh and and hunter pretty much is on this track like trying to remind crosshair who he is it really sucks that crosshair has this chip in his head that tells him that he is such a bad guy am i right <laughs> 
I'm I'm not completely convinced that he actually has his chip removed. If I'm going to be real with you. Oh yeah, I I don't know. This this chip is making him a bad guy. It's making him a bad guy. I don't know. I we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, it seems like that uh, Hunter tries to warn Crosshair and talk to Crosshair all through these two episodes. He's really reaching out, and it seems that Crosshair is also reaching out to him. That's pretty pretty evident. It's it's a cool theme throughout both of these episodes. But the Bad Batch go to rescue Hunter, and what happens to the Bad Batch? They get captured. The Bad Batch were supposed to be like this awesome force that never got captured before this series, but they have been captured like at least twice, maybe three times um, since we started um, from episode one. So uh, they, uh, the Bad Batch gets captured by Crosshair and the ES troopers, and they send one ES trooper to go find Omega. And all of this hilarity ensues from here because this is where the episode kind of turns right and everything is about to get turned on its head um crosshair captures the bad batch in the training room and he tells them that he's going to give them the chance that they never gave him he's going to give the bad batch the chance to join him and the empire so he tells the es troopers to back off, to, to lay down their weapons, um, stand down, and they refuse to do it. So what does Crosshair do? He shoots one of these reflective panels, it shoots all these different panels, and kills every one of the ES droids. Or excuse me, <laughs> kills every one of the ES troopers. Classic Crosshair. I mean, y- you could say he offered the Bad Batch... Um to join him and rule the galaxy much like Vader did to Luke. Yeah, it gives off major Vader vibes. Classic Star Wars vibes, really. But he he gives them that chance and then they they really don't take it, but he still kills his his troopers. No, that's because they weren't following orders and to him good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> Ooh, that's true. That is true. But just before this, like when the Bad Batch, when he captures the Bad Batch, he tells them to put their weapons down and they do. And he says, now, wasn't, wasn't it so easy to follow orders? I think what it is, is he feels a kinship to the Bad Batch still, obviously. And he, I don't think he could kill any one of them. I'm going to be upright with you. I, I don't think he's going to be able to kill any of them intentionally. But he does kill the ES troops, which I thought was a big step for Crosshair. And this is where I thought, you know what? Maybe Crosshair's actually been playing the Empire the whole time. But maybe not. (laughs) So this is when Omega, uh, excuse me, rather AZ, knocks out the other ES trooper that comes for Omega. And she activates the, the, the training droids. And this is reminiscent of the first episode. And the training droids come up, and all of a sudden, the Bad Batch is back together. Um, Crosshair is not an enemy of Hunter. Hunter is not an enemy of Crosshair. Everybody's good again, and they start fighting the droids. And Omega even helps out. AZ says, hey, I think you got too many droids. And she's like, yeah, I know. And she starts crossbowing, all, or excuse me. Is that a crossbow? Or is it just a regular bow, right? It's a regular, it's just bow. A regular electric Yeah, a, a compound electric bow. And starts just shooting down droids. 
this is awesome. And I didn't realize until I watched this scene that this is the first time that we've heard the Bad Batch theme since the premiere episode. Yeah, and it just so happens to be at the same callback moment because in the first episode they they were in this room having the same battle in a way. So, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like we're back at square one. Uh, Crosshair is part of the Bad Batch. The Bad Patch is part of Crosshair. Everybody's happy. Everybody's killing droids, and obviously the Bad Batch wins. And it's it's a cool callback to the first episode to how great they work as a team. And I really wish Crosshair would join the Bad Batch again because they're unstoppable together. And Crosshair is just a piece of that puzzle. And I think if you take any piece out of that puzzle, then you throw off the whole rhythm. But when they're all together, you you, you can't beat them. So the Bad Batch win, win against the droids. They win the training module, I guess you can say. And they corner Crosshair, pointing guns at him like, Look, uh, look, dude, we have you surrounded. This is it. And Hunter, again, tries to reason with Crosshair. He tells him, look, you're, you're not an Empire stooge. You can think for yourself. Why do you constantly try, try to impress the Empire? It has to be the inhibitor chip in your head. Like, you, you have to be so brainwashed. and." This is where Crosshair reveals that he no longer has his inhibitor chip. It seemed like he hasn't had it for a while. I thought that was the implication, too. Well, he said it. He said, I haven't had it for a long time. And like like I said in previous episodes, we don't know how long the timeline is of the Bad Batch. Like, how long have they been working for Sid? How long have they been doing all this stuff like nobody knows and what's a long time Mm and hunter even asked him he's like how long have you had it out and he says does it matter and (laughs) (laughs) yeah it kind of does hunter well hunter kind of echoes what we're all thinking it's like yeah it actually does matter (laughs) i mean (laughs) if you think about it yeah there's some stuff that you did under the influence of that chip and we we want to know if it was you or not right my speculation is that he had the chip removed after he got his face burned by the by the jet by by the engine. Possibly, possibly it's that's that's when he had that that surgery to to make everything right. So that that's probably true. Um, we're we're gonna probably find that out later. Spoiler alert: We're not gonna find that out next episode. <laughs> but um. This is the big reveal. Like Crosshair pretty much says, I'm doing this of my own volition. I'm not being controlled. Um, I'm not being brainwashed. This is who I am now. He even says that. He says, This is who I am. And this is when Crosshair goes to fight Hunter and Hunter just shoots him with a stun bolt and he goes down. I'm still not convinced this is where we f- that he that he has his chip really removed um or isn't being controlled and used by the Empire, because what does the Empire do? They use people. They control people through fear, through money, through whatever, um, whatever means necessary. So, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and, and cr- I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, what was that Mirakuru stuff they gave him early in the season? 
<laughs> Good callback to the DC television yeah. universe, the Arrowverse, as it's called. He gave us some Miri Kuru. <laughs> I mean, m- one question I really have though is who took out who took out Crosshair's chip? Who in the Empire who said all the clones have to have them would have taken it out of a clone? That's a good question. I I don't know that. Maybe it was maybe it was malfunction in the jet fire. Like when when he got his head almost burned off. Maybe it malfunctioned the chip and it was either take it out or a crosshair dies. They still had a use for crosshair at that time. Yeah, he needed like medical attention, so like a medical droid could have done the operation. But I don't know. Yeah, but medical droids are working for the Empire and wouldn't have done anything that would have gotten them deactivated. Um, I, I think we're gonna find. Obviously, we're going to find out what happens. I mean, that's, I mean, we may not. Yeah, we may we, not. We have to find out. We may just have to be left to debate it and infer it because Star Wars has done that before. Yeah. Because, I mean, there would, it would have to be like a callback episode or a flashback episode. I sorry. mean, they could do an episode next season of just following Crosshair and what he did during season one. That's true. Or the entirety of season two could just be following Crosshair's story rather than the Bad Batches. Yeah, they're no. not going to do that. That's, yeah, no. Nah. But I, I will say that I think that Hunter made such a point about when his ship was removed that that's going to be a plot point in season two. And we're, we're going to find out when it was removed. And when we find out when is also when we're going to find out why. Um, I might be all wrong. That's typical. But I, I think we're going to find out. Uh, I think we're going to find out when and why his chip was removed. And like Wesley was saying, I think it has something to do with his incident earlier in the season where his head almost gets uh, burned off forever. (laughs) So this is the time where the Empire is about to blow up Topaka City. Um, uh, So this is the time where the Empire is about to blow up Topaka City. We have Grand Moff Tarkin come on the hollow tells rampart destroy the place we don't need it anymore uh it it doesn't matter whoever's there they're not even worth it just destroy the place and we get the classic tarkin line fire when ready and i, I think this might be the first time like in canon that we hear him say that like timeline wise so i can imagine him saying fire when ready and it's like you know what? I think that sounds very good. I, I think I'm going to say that again sometime. Because <laughs> obviously we hear him say that in Rebels and A New Hope as well. This is the part where the Empire is about to take down Topaka City. The Bad Batch put Hunter on their shoulders. Well, Wrecker puts Hunter on his shoulders. Crosshair. They say they're not going to leave him anymore. They're going to give him the chance to make things right. And they run out of the facility. And this is a pretty emotional part for me as well. Because we flash through the cafeteria, it's empty. The barracks, they're empty. The, the cloning chambers, they're empty. And now we know that this part of Star Wars canon is about to be over. Like, this era of the clones and Kamino and everything we knew of the prequel trilogy, this is kind of where it ends. The last remnants of the Republic Army, the, the clones, all of that stuff is about to end with this uh, orbital assault. What a powerful scene. And I, I, didn't, I felt like the Clone War was over at the end of Season 7 of Clone Wars um, with you know, Ahsoka hiding out on the planet and Darth Vader looking for her. But 
yeah, this one just, yeah, this one definitely got you in the feels. It it does, man, and I did not expect that at the beginning of the Bad Batch that I would be feeling emotional about the end of Camino at the end of this episode. And it's it's not the end of Camino as a planet, but Topaka City, which is the capital, which is where the only place we've really seen in on Camino, it's it's gone. It's it's going to be destroyed. Who knew we would care so much about a water planet? I know, like, we were introduced to this planet in episode two, and it's it's lightning, it's raining, it's just this place that Obi-Wan goes, we hear about Sifo Diaz, and it's it's really got this weird feel, like everything looks so perfect here, and it's it's different from anything else we've seen in the Star Wars galaxy, and from episode two to now, like, Camino's grown yeah. on us. Like everybody that's listening to this podcast, you cannot tell me that you do not have some kind of emotional connection to Camino. If you've watched Clone Wars at all, like the training of the clones, that's their home. And, and it really seems like the home of the Bad Batch, the home of Omega, is about to be destroyed. And I, I think that's really the theme of this episode, at least at the end, is the home that they all knew is gone forever. Yeah, it definitely holds a lot of history there from, you know, prequels up to, until now. So just to see all that kind of destroyed is, yeah, a little heartbreaking, but. For me, the thing that I think of actually is uh, 99 from the Clone Wars and how he dies there and everything like that. And that's where his memory is. Now, basically, his memory has been wiped out. Yeah, the everything. Everything about Kamino is gone. All the clone troopers that have been left behind, five, all of the plot points that uh, in the Clone Wars about him and finding out about the inhibitor chips, none of that matters anymore because they're decommissioning the clones. We know from previous episodes and even this episode that the clones are on their way out. The TK troopers are the ones that are taking their place, eventually going to become the stormtroopers. And this era of Star Wars is over sad in scene <laughs> <laughs> so now we, we're getting into Camino Lost this is the last episode of season one of the Bad Batch and the first thing I have on my, my notes here is action this especially the first like three quarters of this episode is a lot of action even though they're not really fighting a lot of people. They're just on the run from the, the orbital assault. Um, they, they go down into the tubes and, and are trying to get away from, uh, from the, uh, the part of the city they're in. They're in the barracks. The barracks get sunk. The whole city's underwater. It's, it's, it's a pretty, pretty fast-paced episode, actually, for a finale. Usually finales are like kind of laid back, right? And you're kind of closing all these plot lines. Not the Bad Batch. The yeah. Bad Batch is full-on. Action! Let's let's power through this thing. It definitely didn't end like a well. We're not there yet, but it definitely didn't end like a season finale. I very much think it's different, and it does. But that's just that last scene. It does end like a season finale, but it gets there really quickly. Um, Andrew made a joke. He uh, actually texted everybody. the The finale only lasts twelve minutes, and I hadn't seen it yet. And if you guys will remember in an earlier episode, 
He said the same thing about a different. He episode, almost got me with it. Like I, I had to look but it this up. Time, <laughs> There's really only about twelve minutes of important stuff. I mean, but this time I said nay, nay. I know that this has got to be longer. Than <laughs> Fool me minutes. once, <laughs> shame on you. <laughs> Fool me twice. That's right. Fool me twice. You ain't gonna fool me three times. <laughs> that's right that's right he, he he about had me he about had me but um it's a lot of action like we, we open up on this episode exactly where we left off on the last episode the orbital assault like they're they're firing on topaka city topaka city is gone the bad batch are sunk and omega has this great idea she's like let's try to get down into the tubes like we did before um and get to lama Se's lab Let's get back to there, and we can one get second, back though, to the Marauder. Because, so Blake, uh, one important thing at the beginning of this episode, when all the chaos is ensuing, is is Omega is caught in a situation where she's trapped with with Crosshair, and she had to kind of rescue him to a certain degree. Uh, so that was pretty critical. Yeah, I mean, they were sitting there about to drown, and that is a very critical point because. Uh, Crosshair is just like, why are you trying to save me? And then Omega's just like, I'm not going to leave you behind either. And then ends up saving him. Um, and that's very critical for later on, I believe. Definitely. Yes. It's, it's definitely critical for later on in the episode. But even from the beginning, like, they're trapped. She gets Crosshair out. And then the rest of the Bad Batch follow up. They find them and they make their way. They make their way to the barracks. The barracks are sunk. They're underwater. They don't know what they're going to do. And Omega has this awesome idea. Let's get down into the tubes, back to Lamasay's lab. And Hunter decides he's going to shoot her down. Like, he's going to be like, you're going to let the kid make decisions now? I actually agree with his point there, because she does make all the decisions. Like, why is why are none of the Bad Batch capable of making a decision but her? It's not that they're capable of making a decision. It's just that she's super smart. She's much smarter than the other clones, which I think that's why I think there's more to the story. Like she, we earlier when we were, I don't know, in a past episode, we talked a lot about maybe she's a Jedi. Maybe she's this person from the comics or the books or blah, blah, blah. But like, maybe she's just a better version of Boba Fett, but not physically, just mentally. Yeah, she's definitely a tactician. We've seen that in previous episodes. It's been put on blast that she pretty much has a mind for tactics. She can think her way through problems. And I think Hunter, Hunter just shoots her down. Cause she's a kid. He's like, she doesn't know anything. Like she has no experience, but the rest of the bad batch has been with her this whole time. And they've kind of pushed her to the side before. Like we, we've seen where they try to leave her at the ship. They try to protect her and not let her have any stake in the fight. And we've seen them loosen up a little bit, but they're still pretty much on that thing where, like, we got to protect Omega. Well, Omega has this super big brain, and she knows what's going on. But Omega shooting her down is a, is a reoccurring theme in this episode. We'll see that later on as well. So they're going down to Lamase's lab, and while they're on their way, Wrecker calls Crosshair a traitor. And this is, this is a pretty cool scene for me. Um... Wrecker says that Crosshair is this, he's that. Why hadn't he been with him? Like, he should have been a part of the Bad Batch the whole time. And Tex says, dude, don't even worry about it. It's his nature. Like, he's he's always thought for himself. Like, he does his own thing. Marches to the beat of his own drummer. Right? 
He didn't say that exactly, but that's that kind of sums it up. And Wrecker is pretty much like, okay, yeah, I get it. He that's that's who he is. And Crosshair asks Tech why he defended him. And this is the part where Tech's like, just because I understand you doesn't mean I agree with you. And this going forward seems to be the unspoken agreement between Crosshair and the rest of the Bad Batch. Like, we don't see eye to eye. You're doing what you want to do. It's not because of the inhibitor chip. This is who you are now. But you're not our enemy. You're still our brother. No matter what, you're still our brother, even if we don't agree on everything. Beautiful mess. That's a very, very uh, unrealistic thing in real life, but good to see it can make it in. in uh... Well, I, I don't know if it's unrealistic in real life. It, it, you have to be very mature to get that, there. That's fair. And this is not a uplifting and lifestyle podcast. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's achievable. It's achievable. Yeah, it we'll, we'll get to that more later on. I have something to say about yeah. that later I mean, on. I think the situation, yeah, I think the situation they're in, it, it calls for them having to work together because it's life or death. So um, right this time, it, it's no two sides. It's we're all on the same side trying to survive. Um, yeah, they're, they're in survival mode for sure. And, and I think that this kind of truce between Crosshair and the Bad Batch brings them through all that. And, and it makes them come together. Like, it brings them closer, even though they're on opposite sides of this conflict. Because there is a conflict already. Even though the Empire is just formed, there is still a whole group of people who believe in the Republic it, and freedom and all that. This is a random thought, but you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of that episode of Pokemon when Team Rocket and Ash are at the bottom of... SS Annie in the ocean. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's an old yes, school sir. episode, so that's dude. Circa 1999 Pokemon. My, my daughter yeah. actually just watched this on Netflix like two weeks ago. She's all up into Pokemon right now. I guess we're going into uh, Dorkmon the podcast. <laughs> Dorkmon. Anyway, so Crosshair says the Empire is going to take over, right? The whole galaxy is, is going to be taken over by this Empire. And there's nothing that Hunter's going to do about it. There's nothing the Bad Batch is going to do about it. And he says, like, you got to join us. We're special. Like, they're going to get rid of the other clones, but we are special. We can do something for the Empire. And Hunter tells him that they don't care about him. He's expendable. Like, they literally just shot down the city that Crosshair was in, knowing that he was there. And Crosshair still believes that the Empire values him. And, and, and this is where, Grant, to Grant's point, he may still have that inhibitor chip, like, influencing his thoughts. Or maybe after that inhibitor chip was out, like, they've indoctrinated him with this crazy Empire propaganda that this is the only way. That but or maybe the, they altered his inhibitor chip just to, you know, sit there and be loyal or not loyal because that's what they're supposed to do, but like change to where he thinks he has free will. But like it, and that gets into deep things. But yeah, yeah. That, that's got to be a speculation podcast. We're, we're definitely going to have a speculation podcast on the entirety of uh, season one of the Bad Batch. I think we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. We'll give it a little space. 
But we're going to have like a, an overall like discussion of where the Bad Batch is going to go. And I think we're going to do that in a couple weeks. But we'll decide that um, here shortly. But yeah, we, we don't know what's happening. But Crosshair is through and through an Empire man. And it, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, it doesn't. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence with Crosshair. And I think that's where we're supposed to be. It's it's a very cool contrast between two sides of this character. Like he fought for the Republic, but at the same time he was brainwashed into the Empire. But he doesn't have his inhibitor chip, so he's following the Empire willingly. Like what's going on, you know? And I think Hunter says something that's very true here. He tells him that he's nothing but a number to the Empire, and Crosshair refuses to believe it. But that's true. It's true. <coughs> This is this is also the the point in the episode where we find out that Omega is actually older than the Bad Batch, and up to this point, even last episode when she was talking about um, being there with the Bad Batch, we didn't know if she was like at that same kind of stage that the Bad Batch was at when they were created or what's going on. But she confirms here that she was there; she was older than the Bad Batch, and Tech even says that he's like. Technically, Omega's older than we are, so <laughs> we're, we're taking care of her. I think it's a great, great conundrum. Like, she is older than us. However, physically, she is younger, but we're taking care of her. It's, it's a fish-out-of-water situation, and, and, and I like, I like the, uh, the conundrum that this plot is, is bringing to us. I imagine a fan coming in watching that episode for the first time, not knowing any history, would be so confused by this. Well, if if there is a fan that would watch the finale of the Bad Batch without watching the other fifteen episodes, <laughs> then have at it. I guess I I don't know. <laughs> you get you get what what you get if you do stuff like that. Um, but Tech has a good idea about the med tubes. They're going to take the med tubes in Lamase's lab and pretty much rocket themselves up to the surface and get to the Havoc Didn't. Marauder. Did we already talk about them in the tube and mm-hmm. uh, sea monster. the giant sea monster? Sea monster! Oh, gosh! I forgot about the sea monster. So bef- Dude, this strange. is before they even make it to the lab. Like, the, the monster is chasing them through the tube, and it's like, um, isn't the tube protected from monsters? And we don't know. I don't think this monster is even given a name at this point. But they're like, isn't the tube protected from monsters? And they're like, yeah, when the electricity's on, but the electricity is destroyed. I mean, we're, we're literally getting fired upon by an orbital assault. So, <laughs> the electricity's down. There's this crazy monster. There's like a whole, like, there's like this whole night on indoor feel that something's going to get you, and you don't know what it is, but it's going to get you, and it's roaring really loud. For me, it goes to actually uh, Empire Strikes Back when they're... When Han lands the Millennium Falcon in the, uh, I guess, asteroid, and it turns out they're inside the belly of a worm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it gives that kind of feel like you have all these creatures coming around. You don't know what's going on. And Han finally gets wise. is like, oh, God, we're in the side of some kind of creature. <laughs> and then they shoot off. Uh, it's, it's got that same kind of suspense to it. I agree with you. When I saw the sea monster, I'm like, it looks familiar. Where do I know it from? And then it hit me. That's the, that's the sea monster from Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So when are we going to stop doing this cross-franchising thing? I guess we're in, like... We're not going to stop. Dorgast- Jurassic World, the podcast? 
<laughs> I mean, we're just, you know, geeky podcasts, dorks, stork yes. worlds. At, at some point, we're we're going to have to bridge off into other series. Like, we, we all watch other series, and they're we all watch the same stuff. Like, we know we do. So, eventually, Dork Wars the Podcast is going to branch out into this other stuff, too. But, uh, back to the Bad Batch. Um, Tech has this amazing idea, like, let's get in the med tubes. We'll shoot up to the surface after we blow this lab to pieces. And they all get in the med tubes. AZ tells um, Omega that his power source is running low, like his batteries are running low. He's on his reserve power. Like, we have to do this quickly. They blow the lab. They all hit up. The entire Bad Batch makes it up safely, except Omega. Omega gets trapped in some debris, and she's struggling to come up. Um, the Bad Batch is all safe on the surface of the water. And they're calling her like, Omega, what's going on? What's going on? And she's like, I'm trapped by debris. AZ's coming to help. So AZ gets under the, the med tube, starts pushing it up. He gives it a valiant effort. Everything he has, it's his mission to save Omega. He starts going up and up and up, and we start to see his thrusters fade. And we all know what's going to happen at this point. AZ conks out. His batteries are dead. He's pretty much useless. Like, he, he can't do anything else. And Omega actually has an avenue to safety. AZ tells her that he's done his mission. She's safe. She's on her way to where she needs to be. But he starts falling back, and Omega says, nope, I'm not having any of this. I'm getting out of this tube, and I'm going to save AZ. He's, he's my friend. Even though he's a droid, and we can have a debate whether droids have souls or whatever, uh, it really seems like in the Star Wars universe they do. They're like sassy and have these personalities. But Omega is the kind of person that is going to save her friends, no matter if they're robotic or whatever. So she blows the med tube, goes to AZ, and starts trying to swim up to save both of them. And she's not getting anywhere. This was like... I was a little bit worried that they were going to kill off Omega at this point. <laughs> no way. Like, I was... I, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I, I don't know. I had that kind of like, what if what if they kill off Omega? But they wouldn't kill off like a human or anything, because they, if they wouldn't kill the senator in the last episode and everything, then they definitely won't kill Omega. But I I really thought they were going to kill AZ. AZ. What's his name? Yeah, AZ. I thought AZ was gone. AZ. Yeah, I, I, I thought AZ was gone. I really did. But, nope. Um, what happens next? Hunter takes his sniper rifle out, and we think he's pointed at Hunter. Yeah. Like, Hunter's going to go in and save him, right? Well, Crosshair knows that Hunter, is there no way Hunter can go in there and get Omega, get AZ, and get back up to the top. So Hunter, or excuse me, Crosshair actually shoots a suction cup? What, what does he shoot at him? Like, some kind of like magnetic or thing? Some kind of harpoon thing that it doesn't yeah. stick her, though. It he just kinda... shoots a non-lethal Yeah. Sucky Harpoon. It's the same thing that they use in the Clone Wars to travel between buildings uh, and such. Right. So he shoots off this magnetic harpoony suction thing and hooks on to AZ. I'm assuming it's magnetic because it gets AZ and pulls AZ and Omega up to safety. 
And this is something that I, I don't know if we saw coming. We know that Crosshair may have a redemption, and I think he will. But this uh, is kind of I would I would say that this was his redemption. This is as far as it gets. I, I don't think it'll go any further. So, and, that, and that's a matter of opinion. We'll, we'll see what happens in season two of the Bad Batch. But um, he saves Omega and AZ. They get into the tube with him and Hunter, and or excuse me, their little gondola tube. Now they, they broke out part of it. It's it's actually like a really nice rounded out kind of canoe thing. Like there's not even any jagged edges. I think Filoni. I think Filoni missed the opportunity there to kill off Aziz because uh, that would have been like a very honorable death and and you know perfect writing. But nope, no one Disney, no one can die. Well, it it would have added some emotional weight, and I hate that they didn't do that. Honestly, I, I really do. Like I think it would have added something. I I thought that someone in the Bad Batch was gonna like kill over in this episode. I really did, but. No, they they did not. However, um, however, Crosshair does save Omega. They get onto the the platform with the Havoc Marauder, and the Bad Batch again, or rather Hunter, offers Crosshair to come back with them. Like he tells him, like the Empire's not going to value you. Like come come with us. You you can be a part of the Bad Batch again. We're going to accept you. We love you for who you are. You're our brother. And he says that he has his way and that Hunter has his way. And I think the quote that Hunter says at this point is something that really kind of reaches out to me. Um, Hunter tells him, just because we want different things doesn't mean we have to be enemies. And I think this is Dave Filoni talking to the entire Star Wars fandom <laughs> about. Mm-hmm how we should all get along, even if we don't all like the same stuff. I mean, I mean all it means for me is that um, one of two things, either he's going to completely destroy the sequels, or everyone has to accept the sequels as actual canon. That's the whole purpose of it. Oh yeah, my I mean, God. There, there's a whole underlying message here. Like, you know... I refuse! <laughs> Because we know there's a bunch of people who hate the sequels, and there, I, I, there's, there's parts that I really don't like about the sequels, but if you like that, I'm okay with it. I, th- I think this podcast, uh, especially the hosts of this podcast, are like, if you like Star Wars, anything about Star Wars, you're welcome here. We, we're going to poke fun at the things we don't like. We're going to poke fun at everything. <laughs> I mean, that's just who we are. But, um, I mean, I, I poke things at the stuff I like about Star Wars. So if you don't like something that I like or I like something that you don't like, it doesn't matter. Like, we can all come together. And it's just got that whole kind of uh, touchy-feely, like, warm feeling. Like, let's all get together as the Star Wars fandom. But in the context of the Bad Batch, Hunter has his way. He's going to fight, maybe not necessarily against the Empire, but he's not going to give in to the Empire. He doesn't believe that that's going to work. And Crosshair definitely believes that the Empire is the ultimate reigning power that's that's going to drive everything. So he's going to be a part of the Empire. And just because they're on different sides of the fight doesn't mean that they can't get along. It doesn't mean that they're not still brothers. And then um, Omega actually 
echoes this. She says that like they're still your brothers. Like I'm, you're you're still my brother. And I think this is a really good scene. And Omega even asks Crosshair. She's like, "Well, why did you even save me?" And Crosshair tells her that we're even now. Remember at the beginning of the episode that Omega saves Crosshair. Now Crosshair has saved Omega. So to him, it's pretty much you saved me, I saved you. Right. Maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe why, it's not. <laughs> why did you save me? Well, you saved my life 10 minutes ago, so might as well save yours now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotcha, family. Really, really if, if you didn't, uh, I don't think they would have, they would have, uh, the rest of the Bad Batch would have kept them with them. They would have pushed them and said, swim. <laughs> well, I mean, I, Hunter gave, they, they didn't expect Hunter to. Yeah, I mean, on that platform, Hunter was given the final plea, like, hey, you can come join us. But yeah, but you know when people are grieving, and if Omega died, they would definitely be grieving. Uh, they do things that don't make sense. Yeah, that's true. But it, it seems that Crosshair is confused. Like he's at this point where yeah, he, he still he wants to be powerful. Like he wants to mean something, but he also still cares about his brothers. Like you can tell all through this episode, all through the last episode, that he still. Feels like the Bad Batch is where he belongs. He still feels like that Wrecker, Echo, Tech, Hunter, they're all a part of his group, and he wants them on his side. I think his main thing is that he wants, uh, he, he needs to have purpose. Yeah. I, He's I, looking for purpose, for sure. Oh, yeah. You, you, I agree with that. I, I can see that. And I, I think he, he's looking for that purpose. But I think he's looking for that purpose, but he wants his brothers there with him to enjoy it with him. He doesn't want to be alone in his purpose. See what I'm saying? Like, you get that? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's more along the lines of they are the people who shared his purpose before. So he, in his mind, because this is all he knows is whatever his purpose is, their purpose is also. Right. And I, I think we're kind of ran about saying the same thing, but yeah. He he still he still believes in the bad batch, but he believes that the bad batch should serve the empire. He and Hunter are pretty good foil characters because you know they're both strong leaders and they both very opinionated on how you know what they believe in. But uh, I, yeah, like you said, I think I think Crosshair is just conflicted, and he wants and he believes in the empire and he wants to fit in that role whatever he's looking for, whatever purpose that is. But it, it's kind of cloudy to me from what we've seen because, you know, he betrayed the Empire in the last episode when he shot shot um, his little clan there uh, in the training room. And then, of course, the Empire doesn't come pick him up because so they betrayed him back. And so I don't know. I don't know what he's looking for. I'm interested to see where his character arc goes in the second season. I, I really think he's going to be some kind of anti-hero. Uh, I think he's going to have that kind of feel to him where he's not exactly good, but he's not exactly evil. Is he, is he going to go back to the Empire? Like, after they left him for dead? Like, it seems like he's going to. But, but is he? Like, I, yeah. I, I, it could go so many ways. And I think Disney has done a great job of painting a character that is so conflicted, like the Bad Batch, when they were introduced in Clone Wars Season 7, were pretty two-dimensional. Like, they were just get in there, beat the crap out of everybody, 
get the mission done and leave. But this series has really fleshed out each one of their like personalities. Even I mean, Wrecker has such a soft side for Omega. Um, Hunter as this father figure to Omega, and it's amazing. And even Crosshair, he's got all this conflict up till now, or excuse me, up till the end of last episode. We thought that the inhibitor chip was his main drive to serve the Empire. Now we we know that it's of his own volition, and there, there's so much that that is packed into this. So this is where the Bad Batch take off into the sunset, and the screen goes dark for a moment. And I thought this is where the episode was ending. However, the episode did not end. We see a Lambda-class shuttle come down on a planet, uh, a Force-looking planet. Is this the uh, the Duro planet, I believe? I don't think we know what planet this is. It's not named. Okay, all right. It seems but like the we planet... know the mountain. Mm-hmm. What, what mountain is that, Grant? Mount Tatnus. Or Tantus. Tantus is the proper pronunciation of that. And what planet is Mount, Mount Tantus on? Yeah. Uh, Mount Tantus is on the planet of Wayland. So, it seems like they're introducing some EU locations into the end of the Bad Batch. Whether that's the name of the planet, the name of the mountain, whether they've changed all that, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a pretty close comparison, and to people who don't know the EU very well, this is a place where a lot of science experiments go on, a lot of the Empire's um, secret activities happen. Okay, we you can't just say that, Blake. you got to get more specific so people really understand why this is Mount Tantus and not some random mountain with some cool technology, and that is simply because Mount Tantus was the location in the expanded universe of Star Wars where the Emperor had a clone of himself, a clone of Luke Skywalker from his hand that was chopped off by Darth Vader and uh and uh Revenge not Revenge of Sith uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back and also a uh a clone of Jarus. And what's Jarus's last name? Um I can't uh, remember, but he was a well, he used to be a Jedi um <laughs> before his team got destroyed, but um Yes, this this actually Jorus or Joris Sabath. Yes, so Joris Sabath. This actually comes from the original Thrawn trilogy. We meet these characters in Heir to the Empire, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. It's Heir to the Empire is the first one in the original and the original Thrawn trilogy where we meet all these characters, and um, it's very, very interesting. Okay, yeah, so it, it seems to me this is where they're at. It, it really does. Okay, so I knew it was tied to the cloning, like Palpatine's cloning somehow, because the woman that greeted them, the the uniform she was wearing, did, did y'all recognize it? <laughs> Is that that's the same uniform they're wearing in the Mandalorian, right? Yes, yeah, Doctor Pershing and the Mandalorian, like the first episode. Um, he, we are going to see that man's in animation next season. So, <laughs> just to clarify, the Lando class shuttle comes down. And troops, the TK troops, that is, escort Lama Say out of the Lambda-class shuttle and a female wearing the same outfit that Dr. Pershing 
and a lot of the scientists from the Mandalorian era where come out and greet Lama Say and say, we admire a lot of your scientific discovery. You are going to do great things for the Empire. And that's the end of the first season of The Bad Batch. So this last scene really seems to tie into The Mandalorian, into the sequel trilogy, where Palpatine wants to clone himself. He, he wants to have those bodies ready, so he knows he's going to die at some point. And his, his fallback is to put his essence into a clone. And this seems to be the beginning of that project. Yes, it is the beginning of that project. And I would say um, it, it has huge implications for the entirety of the uh, seasons of all the Star Wars series that will be coming out prior to Bad Bad Season 2. Um, and partially that is because it for those, well, we just mentioned it, Heir to the Empires, where Thrawn first shows up, takes place five years after uh, the end of, you know, Return of the Jedi, which is where we're at in the timeline around with the Mandalorian. So with Thrawn being shown into the Ahsoka show, we could definitely see a more Heir to the Empire and uh, the original Thrawn trilogy um, kind of story arc start to develop in that, in that, um, in that universe. And if we know anything about Grant, we know that he loves Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's even married to it. <laughs> um, but uh, just, just moving on from here, just seeing this is, is going to be great. We, we know this is the start of something that's going to carry on for, for years and years and years, um, at least like 30 years from this point in the timeline. This is the beginning of the cloning of Emperor Palpatine and the Mandalorian were pretty much hinting around that they need Grogu's um, DNA to make a clone force sensitive. And, and we're getting all these pieces of what Emperor Palpatine's overall plan was from pretty much the beginning. Like he knew before the fall of the empire, even just after the empire was created that he could fall sometime. And he had these like fail safes in place at the beginning of the empire. And I think that's fascinating. I can't wait to get more information. We're definitely going to get it in Bad Batch Season 2. And like Grant was talking about, we're probably going to get some in Mandalorian Season 3. Maybe some of the Kenobi series. We'll get hints at it. I, I don't know. I think we're going to eventually be able to piece all of these little areas where we see cloning and Force Sensitives. And be able to connect it to to pretty much flesh out the Emperor Palpatine timeline between the beginning of the Empire and the sequel trilogy. Poor Nala Say has been here for the whole ride. Yep, and uh, stay tuned to Dork Wars, the podcast, for all of that information, and we're going to try to uh, try to give it to you in a very entertaining way. So now let's give it to the Jedi Grandmaster for our word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Kamino, the word of the week is. So you've chosen Kamino as the word of the week. We've been with this location for 16, 17 years now, and who knew it was going to be such a uh, heart-wrenching end to Kamino? Like, like who knew that we were going to end up here? <clears throat> Kamino, the clones were created there. Our whole clone army. Trying times they were. Hey, Master Yoda. 
Master Yoda. Yes, young Wesley. <laughs> Isn't Kamino the place where a clone army was built by the Jedi's approval? And you didn't even know about it? Hmm. These are things speak of we do not. <laughs> Sifo DS. <laughs> fool he was. Followed Dooku he did. Um, clouded by the dark side we were. And, um, Ignorant, I guess. Um, <laughs> no comment, have I? For my lawyer tells me to not. Wesley, so you're pretty much challenging uh, Master Yoda. Do you think you can take him in lightsaber combat? It's kind of late. I know it, it, it's about his bedtime, so he won't he won't challenge me too long. I know one thing's for sure: he won't get thrown through the window. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, Master Windu. Fond memories of him I have. <sighs> Steps he should have taken. Young Skywalker he should have trusted. Ah, old news now. Move on we must. So that is another great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. We thank you for listening. Check out our social media, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. We have TikTok. Uh, I think Master Yoda's actually going to start making an appearance on our TikTok, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're we're going to actually ask Master Yoda some questions, and he's going to give some answers. So if you're interested in that, go check out our TikTok. It's just uh, Dork Wars the Podcast, or at Dork Wars the Podcast. Uh, check out our merchandise store. Check out everything we have. We would love to hear from you. If you want to say anything to us, you can message our Facebook page. You can send us messages on Twitter. You can message our Instagram account. All those same social medias. So wherever you are, thank you for listening. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars The Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars The Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Production.